We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting, it's just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Do you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you could always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Reload. To be exact, this is episode number 10. Yes, our 10th episode. It's crazy to think about. We are officially in double-digit territory, and we're looking to only continue to expand. But hello and welcome to The Reload. If this is your first time listening, well, congratulations and welcome to you. Like I said, this is The Reload by Prediction. I'm Landon Lano Sanders. And I want to give a massive thank you to everyone who could be joining us from all around the world for today. If you're watching us live here on twitch.tv slash prediction esports, if you're listening to us on YouTube, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, we greatly 
greatly appreciated. And if you guys are interested, like if this is your first time, you're looking for some more information on what exactly prediction is, what exactly the reload is, you can find us on The Reload live every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash prediction esports. If at any point you hear me communicating, talking to the chat, that is because we have a live audience uh, by definition, if you really think about it, not this exact one here. But an actual audience, uh, you know, we like to make it look as if uh, there is people who are literally live watching me. But at the same time, there kind of are. But like I said, you guys can feel free. Like I said, check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, all of those awesome platforms. Make sure to find all of our podcasts and shows there. We'll have links in the live chat if you are interested. You can feel free to check out my Twitter, at Lando. I'll be also posting uh, the future of this VOD, wherever it may be at, on there as well. A prediction offers the chance to learn and converse on more in-depth subjects about all of the latest and greatest esports from NBA 2K to Overwatch, to Super Smash, uh, rather to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, to Call of Duty, and we are rapidly expanding each and every day. And I feel um, to let you guys know about uh, a few of these upgrades from time to time, but I'm super excited about the new Overwatch show that we just kind of have been displaying recently with Ask Joshi and Lemon Kiwi. You guys should absolutely do so. I'm sure a few COD heads probably have heard of the name Lemon Kiwi in the past, and it's great to kind of have her on the network as well, along with Joshi, who are killing it over at the Overwatch segments as well. But if you guys would like to keep getting involved in social media, be involved in the chat as well. Let us know your thoughts on a few subjects. I'll kind of open it up to you guys from time to time. Hear your thoughts uh, on a few different things that we'll be talking about today. And if you'd like to as well, right, get in, get in contact with us on social media. Tweet at us at Prediction with two E's on Twitter. But like I said, guys, we've got a number of different stuff to talk about today. We've got a great and jam-packed episode to discuss. Uh, first things first, right? Talking on 100 Thieves' departure from Call of Duty. We'll also be discussing where the Optic Gaming players could be headed next and who I believe should be the first target team should try and go after now that today marks the open signing window for franchising. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about today, a lot of things to cover. Before I even touch on the 100 Thieves thing, which will be our first segment, I want to first First off, um, just give some love over to the entire MLG crew, Adam Episcel, and the entire team. Uh, I believe that um, I'm not going to go into to super in-depth detail about it because, honestly, I don't have the the, the knowledge, nor do I need to, to kind of discuss all the intricacies behind that. But just want to give a, a huge shout-out to everyone uh, at MLG, like I said, Adam Episcel, the entire crew, for just putting on an, an amazing last few years of Call of Duty Esports, the amount of events that they've done, working on titles, really kind of threaded decade. Uh, it is staggering. It really is. And Call of Duty Esports, I promise you, literally, it's it's hilarious to think about because if it was not for MLG, if it was not for their impact on the Call of Duty scene, we would never even be live right now. Wouldn't be live at this moment doing what I'm doing. People probably in the chat wouldn't be here either. We wouldn't be doing events. Franchising would probably have never been a thing in the future. So if it was not for Adam Episcel and the entire MLG crew, it would not be possible. And as someone who has kind of worked in the back... There are so many talented people who are back there and are probably going to only just continue to grow when it comes down to esports itself and to, you know, whatever obviously their careers have for them. I just could not be more excited for them and just uh, want to give a huge thank you to them because, like I said, when you watch the show, you think, oh, you know, whatever, this is, this is kind of nice, but you don't really think about how many people are there working 
on each thing. I mean, there's literally a person dedicated for every single thing that is on the broadcast. It's uh, it's unbelievable. So massive thanks to the MLG crew for everything that they've done kind of coming into this next year. They've really kind of set us on a, on a wonderful path, the best path they possibly could. They have set us on track for franchising, which is what we're going to be talking about today, right? This is the biggest deal. Franchising is going to be massive. Uh, and that's the reason why we're seeing, you know, some negatives and some positive results. But this one, ultimately, I think for the entire Call of Duty scene, is somewhat negative, right? 100 Thieves have announced that they will no longer be involved with Call of Duty Esports moving into next season. For those that got to watch uh, Nate Shot's video, if you haven't, I'll go and cover a few things, right? He pretty much talked on the, the idea of how they will not be involved with franchising for next year. Uh, they are a young company. There's a lot of risk involved with, with wanting to get into the CDL for next year. The price is incredibly high uh, to enter in, right? $25 million is the rumored report, and that seems to be somewhat standard uh, based off of what has kind of been said throughout the media, through conversations with players and even uh, other uh, heads as well. $25 million seems to kind of be the ideal target, if not higher, right, to a certain extent. Uh, and the idea of rebranding for something, or rather the idea of rebranding 400 Thieves isn't something that they can really kind of work out now so uh, for me that kind of makes perfect sense uh, i mean totally understandable take for me it didn't come as a shock from the things that he was talking about from the things that he was discussing it didn't seem as if anything for me was out of the picture it didn't really seem as if anything was out of culture anything that he maybe like i will say this the way that Nate Shunt made that video was from a person's perspective who it hurt to make that. It hurt to say, we cannot be in this, and these are the reasons why. And it, I don't think it necessarily was a 100 Thieves problem. I think it honestly has to do sometimes with the franchising issues, with the ability of the way that this looks. And I saw a few people, and I had a few people tweeting at me saying, you know, 100 Thieves loss, is this as big of a deal as people are making it? And I will say, in itself, for what could be, this is a huge deal. It really is. And as a Call of Duty fan, there are people who are also like, so this is kind of follows along the same lines. Should I be worried by this? Should I be worried by the 100 Thieves announcement? And to that, as a Call of Duty fan myself, I would say yes. Because not only will 100 Thieves not be in there, there's also the conversations of who else will not be in there, right? This isn't just affecting 100 Thieves. This is also affecting other brands, other organizations that could be out there as well. So for me, this is a, a big deal, not only because of what we have in front of us right now, but what could be happening later on, right? And so, like I said, as a Call of Duty fan, this is somewhat worrying. It, it, it definitely kind of allows for you to take somewhat of a step back to realize what the issue is uh, and the reasons why they're stepping in, or rather why they're stepping out and why other organizations may be doing the same. But the same issue has been reoccurring. It's not as if like, oh my gosh, 100 Thieves have this reason as for why they don't want to be involved. Uh, it's not at all that way, right? It is the same reoccurring issue of, first of all, the price is too high and the rebranding idea is very difficult to get behind, right? The scariest part is that, like I said, more organizations could start to follow. And like I said, there, there were a number of different questions that started to kind of roll through my mind whenever this announcement rolled through. And one of those in particular is that, hey, is franchising already starting to burden Call of Duty Esports? Are, are all of these stipulations worth it and the only thing that we can do as of this moment is simply speculate we, we can there's no one who is going to be able to give you an answer of yes or no as of this moment they can give you an idea for what they assume myself included 
but there is no way to fully know until the league is functioning. There's no way to fully know. We can speculate, so we can take some ideas, but there is no way. It is impossible to give a direct answer. But I will say it's starting to look a little bit scary. It's starting to look a little bit worrying uh, in the way that things are appearing for now. So like I said, is franchising already starting to burden cult esports? To that question, you could say somewhat, right? It's definitely a, uh, a difficult growing period. But are, are all of these stipulations worth it? We'll have to see. We really will. It's just a matter of we'll have to see. We'll have to see how things start to kind of continue, how they start to continue to evolve and whatnot. Uh, and uh, Aston underscore CA says in chat, you know it's bad when Envy will have the biggest fan base depending where Skump goes. Uh, I mean, hey, it, it it may sound a little bit harsh, but it's true. It, it kind of is, right? I mean, Envy looked upon as a, a massive organization called it eSports, but we're looking at a few other brands like the original OG guys, they're probably not going to be an optic, which we'll be talking about where they possibly could be uh, going to next here in just a moment. But you talk about FaZe Clan, are they still going to be involved? Um, and then obviously Envy is in there as well. But still, the idea of camps getting out of Call of Duty Esports, it, it definitely hurts. Uh, and I really want to tackle this one too, because I think this is a very important subject to bring up. And this is kind of like the main conversation. As soon as this announcement came through, everybody was asking, who needs who more? Did Call of Duty need 100 Thieves, or did 100 Thieves need Call of Duty? Who needed each other more? And I currently believe at this very moment, Call of Duty needs 100 Thieves more. Now let's go over a few of their subjects. Where are both of these organizations, where are both of these camps sitting at as of this moment? So if I'm 100 Thieves, I'm looked upon already as one of the best organizations in the world. Right? We're rolling through sponsors, we're rolling through different games, we've got some ideas, we came into Call of Duty regarded as one of the best teams throughout the year, we went back to back, we announced all kinds of different things, we also adapted the audience and, and made a fan base out of it, right? Nate Shunt coming into Call of Duty already has an insane uh, history in Call of Duty Esports regarded as one of the, if not the most well-known face in Call of Duty Esports history. He comes through already having a fan base, adapts the fan base, gets a massive crowd around them, and as someone who was at champs i can firmly tell you there were a lot of hundred thieves jerseys don't get me wrong optic by far were the more of anything but hundred thieves was right there it really it, and like based off of that sample size alone it's kind of crazy how many hundred thieves supporters there are in just one year and based off the things based off the way that they have built things already but moving on so the big thing the 100 Thieves loses, right? We lose a huge game, right? We lose Call of Duty, which is a massive game for us. But what are they instantly doing? Looking for other esports. They tweet out already. They are looking for Counter-Strike. They're wanting to get into CSGO. So that for me is one also major thing to keep in mind is that they are already looking to expand to fill the gap of which Call of Duty has started to leave them in a little bit. 100 Thieves is clearly still afloat. Like, it's not as if they leave Call of Duty. Oh, what happens now? What's going to happen with 100 Thieves? Are they done for? Is it over? What happens in this situation? I except they do lose a huge game, but like I said, they're already expanding. They're still very much afloat. They build a foundation, and now they carry on forward. They move into the future. And now if I'm Call of Duty, right, I lose one of the biggest brands in the world, straight up. I mean, 100 Thieves is not only just one of the biggest brands in Call of Duty, they're not just the cool kid on the block in Call of Duty, they're also one of the biggest and the cool kid on the block in all of esports. Viewership is in question right now for Call of Duty. I lost a brand that could help that, and when a lot of major brands are already maybe not being in contention for next year, 
it starts to hurt, right? Viewership, you are hurting a lot by Call of Duty. And for, since this is, and I'll say this, by starting franchising and making new brands, we're hitting the refresh button. If you're Call of Duty, we are hitting the refresh button on franchising. We're almost starting anew, meaning that franchising is a new entity. And year one of this needs to go well. 100 Thieves, they've already had their year one. They've gained their audience and now they're going. Call of Duty, they need brands and they need viewership. They need fans to install that upon them. And they need pawns like 100 Thieves to bring in that viewership, to bring in that money, to continue to move forward. So that's the way that I personally look at this is that if I'm Call of Duty, it is a little bit worrying because this could continue. It really could. It could continue as time goes on. So, like I said, I'm kind of in the camp of 100 Thieves really doesn't need Call of Duty all that much. But if you're COD, things start to continue on. You lose brands like Hunter T. You lose brands like FaZe. You lose the exact name under Hunter T as well. That could be a conflicting problem over time. So that's the way that I currently look at it. As in, I don't really think Hunter Thieves needed COD all that much. And I think easily at this moment, Call of Duty hurts. It hurts to lose a brand like that, of which they look to be one of the biggest brands right now. And by definition, if you're losing Optic, you could say that if Hunter Thieves were in, they could be the most biggest, or rather the biggest fan base in Call of Duty Sports for next year. It just kind of depends. Like, so where the Optic guys go, it, it kind of, it really matters on that. But it's incredibly scary, right? That organizations could follow along this same pattern. Phase may not be in. Gen G, who knows what's going on right now with, with United, the Optic situation, which we don't have to dive into exactly yet. The money for me, though, is the all encompassing issue the major issue with all of this is that it has to do with money it costs money to make and sell a brand it costs money to build a new infrastructure and it also will cost at least three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one year of player salaries that that is that is just one thing one simple thing for me the brands everything that kind of falls under this camp is all about the money and for 100 Thieves, for me, it's not all that surprising. It's not just in general for 100 Thieves, just using them as a prime example. But the money is the overwhelming aspect of all of this. And it is going to cost a lot to move into something like this. You're spending money to lose money, and it is a risk. Castro's video in response to Nadeshot was simply, it's a risk. And we're willing to take it, but he understands that other brands aren't going to follow along that same kind of uh, that same path, if you will. So the way that I look at it is that, like I said, the money aspect is huge. And the way that I, and the, the number that I came up with, $350,000, there is a minimum, a league minimum of a $50,000 contract that also includes benefits as well for one year player salaries. And I'll tell you right now, you're not going to get seven players for $50,000 and be a contender. You're going to have to get a lot more than that. We've talked about the cap and the rumors with all those things, but you're looking at around $350,000 at least for year one, not including the future. So, like I said, the way that I look at it, you're spending money to lose money, and there is a very big risk right there. It really is. So, like I said, it is unfortunate that we are losing 100 Thieves for next season. Uh, I think that uh, it does hurt the Call of Duty scene a lot, and I think that more organizations could possibly follow. But I think that this idea of who needs who more is still somewhat in conversation. It's still um, somewhat up for debate. Um, because it kind of matters in who will follow the Hunter Thieves camp, who will join alongside them in this kind of venture and maybe deciding to uh, to move forward from Call of Duty Esports, which is, you know, rather unfortunate as we've talked about. If 
shaving is a terrible experience for you, we've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the low quality razors from convenience stores. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Sign up today. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure to go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Um, so I, I think that, like I said, kind of moving into the next subject, I think this is really important to to want to try and discuss, to want to try and bring this one up. Because the next thing that I want to make mention of is where the Optic players could be headed next season, right? We go from the 100 Thieves storyline, they're no longer, rather, they're no longer going to be involved. Now, when we look at the previous OG guys, where are they going, right? Because they've made it somewhat clear, they've made it somewhat apparent that they no longer want to be under the Immortals Optic name for next season. That is the rumor going around that the uh, one of the LA spots, which is owned by Immortals Gaming Club, will in fact use the name of Optic. And that was actually something that I mentioned very early on in actually a reload uh, episode uh, here on Prediction. I mentioned that I felt as if it would make perfect sense if that brand isn't, be, isn't being used in other esports that they probably would try to use it when it comes to franchising right if you have the the resources why not try and implement it and i feel like i think that's what they're probably going to try and do so we're going to go and call them the la optic for right now so i think they've made it apparent that they no longer want to be under that brand they're still somewhat sore from the infinite spot they don't really know exactly who's in control of their future uh, in terms of mortals as well at least just from my opinion so um And the reason why we're grouping them up, because if you guys remember last episode, we talked heavily on the idea of where Skump would be going 
next. And the reason why I brought that up is because he is by far the most well-recognized professional player in all of Call of Duty Esports. He has the biggest brain. He's also a very talented player. Um, but where would he be going? And my idea for that was Dallas. It was Envy, right? It was going to be that camp. However, we've started to see a few things over um, what has been the last few days uh, coming in from social media posts talking about how they may in fact be sticking together. It's not about players trying to go their separate ways. They are at least tempting or wanting at the idea of staying with one another. And uh, this first conversation comes from Crim6's Instagram post with the Green Wallet Champs, uh, which he included the caption of, I'm sure any player would love to play under a team with the amount of love and support. Hopefully, wherever we end up, we'll see you guys supporting all the same. And so it wasn't just that Instagram post. It was also Hitch in one of his recent videos talked on how he heard that's what the plan is as well, is that the OG boys, they'd like to try and stick together. That seems to kind of be their goal for this time is wanting to kind of stay in the same camp and move forward together. So I, I kind of get that idea. I think for me, that makes total sense. The fact that these guys want to try and stick together and to move forward. Now, what are their options? What is What are the options right now for the boys on OG? Because I don't think they're going just anywhere. Like, realistically, I don't think that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and venture off and, and try to join alongside this random organization. No, they're going to be very careful with how they try and interpret this. And now there are a few different avenues that I currently see as an option. And like we said, there's gonna be a few others that can maybe make themselves apparent over time. We did learn a few things coming in from last week into now this week uh, about a few things going on with Lee Zybin. Uh, including this Houston deal, uh, which was coming up from a report saying that uh, the Houston deal, which was rumored to be under the line sites of Lee Zybin, who owns the Houston Outlaws, he could be working, in fact, with Hex. There was a report that said he also could be working alongside United to get into franchising as well. So that one still remains in the balance for me. I, I think if you're Optic Gaming right now, you're looking, and I'm talking about the players more specifically, if you're looking at the option of Houston, it's nice because you still have that same home base, right? You're not leaving. You're now with Lee Zybern and Hex, who I'm sure they want to try to stay with Hex. I think that would be kind of odd if they wouldn't. So I think for me, it makes sense. All things considered, staying in Houston would not be a crazy idea. Plus, you're with the Outlaws. Like I said, you're matching in green. It only just would make sense if they want to try and be there. However, that recent report kind of throws something into the mix saying that, hey, Lee Zyman, he's interested in being in the CDL, and it may not just be optic of which he wants to be alongside. He may just be interested in whoever wants to work alongside of him. So... Like I said, that's kind of up in the air. So Houston could be an option depending on if Hex is there. So I think the Hex is kind of the overwhelming aspect of where he goes. They also want to try and follow to a certain extent, like I said. Now, the next option for me makes the, the overwhelming most sense. I, I think it does. Dallas makes the most sense, right? Going to Envy, going to Dallas, it's by no means the perfect fit. But for me, it makes the most sense. For me, it makes the most sense as of this moment. Uh, Dallas currently, as we know, has Hook. Uh, and I think that whenever they made the initial change, and this is something that I actually brought up on the um, on the reload previously, was that my idea was that they loaned out Hook to bring Gunless in. When they got Gunless in, it was a matter of, okay, now's the time we're pitching for franchising. We want to try to get Gunless on board. We want to try and corral these two together to get this dynamic duo moving forward for franchising. Instantly wipe Hook, instantly wipe Gunless off the table so that nobody has any options to move forward with it. So I think for me, this, like I said, this move makes sense, but you have to keep in mind 
that Dallas may have other things going on. They could have other things being brought up uh, kind of in their mindset as well, uh, almost to the point where, like we said, the, the Optic players are, are already currently based in Texas. This is a stable brand. It really wouldn't kind of be off of the limelight if they were to join alongside this one. But who would they lose in this transition? Right? That, that's, that's the elephant in the room type conversation. It's a matter of, okay, we've got Hook. Not at least to, to anyone else's knowledge, they haven't announced they have Gunless as of yet, so I don't think that that's 100% you know locked in. But they've got Hook. At that point, what happens? Right? Are they trading Hook? Are they wanting to bring over the entire OG roster? What happens then? Because you look at it and it's like, hey, you know what? We can either you know give away Hook in this situation. We're going to get a massive buyout for him. That's going to be great. So they're going to make money regardless. But at the same time, you're looking at this entire OG camp. And what if Envy? Their only stipulation is that we at least want. We want our golden boy. We want our guy who has been on this team since the very beginning, the multi-FPS champion or the multi-FPS talent, at least on our brand. We want to roll on with this guy. But who would you lose in that transition? I think personally, it would either be an internal problem that would cause this, or it would just simply be karma. He's already made the case that he has somewhat of an interest in coaching. I know it was kind of a, a little bit of a joke at the time. Like, you know, I'd be interested, but that's the way the karma works. Like legitimately, it's like, hey, you know, that that tweet, while it may have seemed as a joke, it's, it's actually something he's considering. So I will say that if they were to make this venture, it would be an interesting subject. And it really wouldn't surprise me though, if karma's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and be a coach. I'll go ahead and be maybe a sub, if you will. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to not really be in that same situation as the other guys, but you also have to consider when those conversations get brought about, what if, like I said, we, we don't know all the details of it, but what if when it comes down to this point, Karma's like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather play. I'm actually liking this game a decent amount. Well, who do we get rid of? Who, who, do, who do we look at to try and, and get rid of? Is there, is there an outlier in specifics who we try and, and get rid of? Does someone want to try and retire outside of this? Like I said, there, there are a lot of conversations to have. And when we get to that point, or possibly whenever that could be announced in the future, we'll we'll dive more into that conversation. It's maybe uh, being a thing, but uh, I think it would be interesting to kind of see exactly how that transition would work. Who would join alongside this team, and if so, who would be removed? Who who would leave this roster? Would Hook still be on it? You know, prior to the OG team or after? And imagine Hook along with Tej. Imagine Hook along with Scump. That would be incredible to watch. Along with Dashy, along with like I said, the the dynasty old, or rather the old dynasty, if you will, in combination with Dashy and TJ. Then in the mix of having Hook in there, I think would be a pretty interesting one. So we talked about the Houston uh, deal with Lee Zyben. We talked about Dallas uh, possibly being, in my eyes, the, the best option because everything else is somewhat in question. We don't really know what's going on with Houston right now. Uh, we also don't know exactly what's going on with Hex because as soon as this had all kind of come about, I figured Hex was going to be involved in some way. I, I think for me, it makes sense. I think he wants to be in franchising and based off of the, uh, the content that's come out, even from Hitch as well, it's been like, hey, Hex is on a number of different calls. He's always involved when it comes down to being in conversations, which makes sense. And I think this is honestly a great thing. But he has the opportunity to swing things. And let's say that, you know, Dallas is on one side, Hex is on the other. I think that would be kind of an interesting thing. But what if Hex in Dallas mixed? What, what if they happen to be in the same camp as each other? I think this is actually a very possible thing. I think if Hex cannot necessarily find a home uh, on any other brand, I think that this would be the team. But I will say that for me would also require them to work together, which kind of like the basis of their friendship in terms of Hex and Hastro has been the idea 
of competition. It's been the idea of green being better than blue, blue being better than green. So if they were to unite, I think that would honestly be the, the ultimate crossover, right? The ultimate Call of Duty crossover um, and would instantly allow for the OG players to be like, okay, we got a home, right? We, we got a home. I don't know if that would really work out. I think it's absolutely something to think about if Hex maybe can't find a home on another franchise, if things just really kind of aren't going uh, all out well, if he's not in a position that he feels comfortable with. Let's say Houston starts to fall through, which I think is actually a great option right now uh, from an outside perspective. But I think for me, it would kind of make sense. Maybe he puts he gets, he gets put simply in control over the Call of Duty team. Like we said, it's still up for question. The idea of being in Texas is probably the most known, uh, but I think it's interesting. And I will say that in, in the limelight of having this Optic roster still up in question right now, where will they be going? Because we know at least they're not going to be under Immortals. At least they seem as if they don't really want to be. This needs to happen sooner than later, right? There, this can't be coming down to the wire in terms of what's going to happen because from what we have known with the infinite situation, the Optic players have gone through a lot, right? The entire brand itself have gone through a lot. They're not interested in wanting to be on this wire of not knowing one thing to the next, right? As long as things are starting to be solidified, I think it needs to happen early because this happens in other sports where you'll have brands come through and, hey, we want to we knock on the door of TJ. We want to knock on the door of Dashy. Hey, Scump, would you ever be interested in wanting to play for our team? Would you ever want to be interested in wanting to be the face of our franchise? Would you like to be the most paid player in all of Call of Duty Sports history? Now's your chance, right? Come over to us. Come over to our camp. They know how to sweet talk. A certain brands do, right? You get the, the right people involved and they can make it seem as if, hey, this max contract, this franchise, these sponsorship opportunities, they could be exactly what you want. And like I said, you may have the entire team want to go over, but it could get to that interesting point that could get to that, that spearhead and say, hey, who, he's still on the roster. Who's heading out? Who's leaving? Who's venturing forward? And at that point, when conversations are unbound, that could be when one player from OG says, I'm going elsewhere. You know what? I, this is a, a really good spot that I could have on this team. I could be looked upon as a much bigger entity on this roster. I could get paid more here. I could get sponsorships here. I could all of the opportunities. Like I said, for me, this needs to happen sooner rather than later. And it's not necessarily happening instantly. But I think for me, it needs to happen in the next, I'm not going to give an exact date, but I think, like I said, it needs to happen in the near future rather than happening. It's coming down to the wire. It's a buzzer beater type conversation. That, that's at least the way that I look at this. But um, I am interested, though, because this is going to be a huge transition, right? Not having the name Optic represent these players is going to be somewhat crazy to look at. Uh, but I think as of this moment, for me, the only solidified thing, because all the others are somewhat rumors for right now, I think Dallas makes the most sense. I think Hex could easily wind up there. And if so, the idea of, of Texas having Astro and Hex together under a stable brand like Envy, who has already proved themselves, the familiarity conversation we had last week, you couldn't beat it, right? You absolutely could not beat the location. You could not beat the team behind it. You could not beat the, the idea of Envy itself behind it. It would literally make up for the best team in franchising not only just by a fan base conversation but also maybe even based off of talent because every player would want to would want to join and play alongside them i think almost every player would have an interest in wanting to play for envy already right if you just said hey we got hook and that's kind of about it sign me up <laughs> i'm totally fine with joining a brand that's previously existed in call of the esports sign me up right now let's go and move on let's go and move on i know we've talked about uh, 100 thieves we talked about 
um, you know, the idea of what is going on right now with the OG players, which we'll continue to update. We'll continue. If you guys are interested, like I said, feel free to hit the follow button here. Feel free to check us out on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at prediction with two E's. Uh, we're going to be covering this as much as we possibly can. So make sure to be kind of up to date uh, when it comes down to that, because it will be a conversation that only continues to uh, progress as time goes on. But in terms of conversations, in terms of roster announcements, today is the opening, rather the open signing window. So that has officially begun today, uh, right here on September 3rd, meaning that organizations under the CDL have the ability to sign players. So to kind of break this down a little bit for those who may be somewhat uh, scarce to this idea, maybe who aren't super aware of this right now. Um, if you're unrestricted, so the conversations could happen today. We actually could see someone get signed today, uh, but they have to be unrestricted most likely for this to actually be a thing. So what unrestricted pretty much means in this conversation is that they are not tied to a contract, meaning that they can in fact sign today until whenever that they would like to. Uh, restricted, meaning that they are already under an organization. So let's just give an example. Let's just give a prime example for right now. If Atlanta wanted to sign Temp, right? Temp's currently on Toronto as far as we know, right? Being under the Splice brand, we'll assume that Toronto has the rights for Temp because that, that seems to be the case. He's restricted free agent. He's tweeted about it already. So let's say Atlanta wants Temp. So if they want that, the current organization, in this case, Toronto, has the ability to respond if we see an offer be given out from Atlanta. So Atlanta says, hey, Tim, we really like you a lot. We want you on our team. This is what we're going to offer you. In that same camp, Toronto then has the ability to match. They have exactly a week in order to match that exact same price. So like I said, Atlanta throws out a number. Toronto responds to that number. Cool. Tim has the ability to stay. However, Toronto also has the ability to decline that. They say, hey, you know what? We're not interested. We're, we really would rather not try to sign Temp again. You guys can have him. So if that were to take place, uh, in that particular example, Toronto decides not to match that offer, then Atlanta would begin the buyout conversation. But like I said, the organization who has the rights to that player, so in this example, which by no means is anything, I'm just throwing out something at random, no intel here, uh, Toronto has a week to decide whether or not they want to try and move them. And I'll be honest, I think a lot of organizations are going to take as much as they can. I think they're going to take full effect uh, of that waiting period because a lot of pieces are in play, right? Who are we sending in this example? Temp two. Who are we getting back for temp? Who are like the prices, everything? I mean, this is going to take a lot of conversation. I don't think it's going to be a matter of, okay, you guys want temp? Cool. All right. Sounds good. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen that way. But don't be surprised. <laughs> I see Junkhead putting hashtag Intel in chat. Shut up, Junkhead. Uh, don't be surprised, though, if this takes a while. Like, straight up. I wouldn't be shocked within the next few days if an organization maybe wants to get their name out first and say, hey, we got the first player signed and called to do franchising. It wouldn't surprise me if that happens, but it also wouldn't surprise me if this takes months. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if this takes months for a decent amount of changes to occur. I would be shocked if we don't see at least one player announced within the next two weeks because a few brands are kind of holding on to players. It would only make sense if they tweet out saying, hey, we're re-signing. You get that early kind of uh, engagement out on social media saying, hey, we signed the first player. This is, uh, you know, a big deal. That's just the way that it works. But I have in my eye 
around this time next week, because by then, if teams put out an offer, it would only make sense that the conversations start to begin. So I would eye out if you're a Call of Duty Esports fan, if you're trying to stay involved with Twitter, I would really recommend looking around a week and a half out from this specific date. So what, maybe around the 12th, the 13th, maybe even to be more specific, um, what do we think? Like, I would say like the 10th to the 12th, I think we'll see at least something be announced, maybe even one big change. And the reason, like I said, why I think that could be the case is because that will be enough time for a roster to either decline, uh, wanting to match an offer from another team if a restricted free agent wants to be out there. Uh, and then by then, that's when conversations can be inbound. That's when buyouts start to happen. So for me, like I said, I, it wouldn't surprise me within around a week and a half if we have at least one player already down. Um, but like I said, if I, I'm going to kind of transition this over because this whole idea is myself talking about if I was put in the GM seat, and I want you guys to get involved in the chat as well. We got 60 viewers watching right now. Massive thank you to all you guys. But if you were put in the GM seat right now, and I actually made this tweet on Twitter, and there was a lot of players, a lot of pros who were active on this one. Uh, as we actually can quickly look at Twitter, as I instantly glance toward Twitter, uh, I see Looney tweeting that he's a restricted free agent heading into the 2020 CDL season. Looking at all my opportunities before deciding what's best for any franchise interested in speaking, please feel free to reach me via email so if anyone who's watching this is interested in contacting looney feel free to do so but uh, that's some interesting news going on live right there so there you go but uh and, and we were obviously already talking about toronto so they've got a, a lot of things kind of in the mix but if you guys were in the gm seat and we'll go we'll, let's go ahead and say this if everyone was available and you had first pick who are you going for i need a reason i need a player or rather i need a player i need a reason why let me know what your guys' thoughts are. Because like I said, I tweeted this out. A lot of players were interested in wanting to uh, to instantly kind of give their opinions on this, who they felt was going to be the best option for a first pick in, in a fantasy draft, if you will. But I want to know what your guys' thoughts are is I'm going to go ahead and talk about a few characteristics as to why I feel uh, I would pick a specific player. Now, a few things that I'm looking at. Uh, if I were in the GM position would be longevity of the career, right? I want someone who's not just going to be here for two years. Not that I'm going to pick an older player or not that I'm opposed to picking an older player, but if someone is kind of on the way out to a certain extent, I'm not sure if I want to build a franchise around that person because the entirety of franchising is really kind of based around this idea of longevity. The biggest reason why Call of Duty somewhat has the camp or the idea that a $25 million price is worth it is because of the longevity of the title, right? It can last 10, 15, 20 years. That's what these franchises are based around. This is the reason why they want to invest in the first place. It's not just this cool five-year plan. It is a long-running aspect. They want this to be like sports. <laughs> and if we think about how long the NBA, how long the NHL, how long the NFL has been around for, I'm going to start to kind of get an idea for it. Um, so longevity of the career for me is important. Maybe getting someone younger, someone who's in the prime of their career right now, or maybe on the cusp of being in their prime. That's instantly what I'm kind of keeping in mind. Age is actually a big deal. The next thing I'm also looking for is I already am starting to see a few names in the chat is easiness to work with, right? I want a player in my first choice who's not really going to cause a lot of problems, right? It'd be nice if I can get a player who I throw in the mix and I can pretty much put anyone around them and, and nothing's going to happen, right? I mean, nothing bad is going to happen. He's easy to work with. There's no major issues for this guy. Uh, like I said, there's not going to be any internal problems instantly with this team. I think easiness to work with is also important because if you instantly throw in somebody who will be the dedicated IGL who has had issues with rosters in the past, then you kind of limit yourselves for future picks, right? Let's say that we have this guy in mind and we pick out an IGL. 
well, the only option that we have is this really talented player, but our IGL or maybe our very vocal player and him don't really have a good history together. What if, in fact, they have left organizations, they have went back and forth on Twitter, they just wouldn't work well together, then you're limiting yourself. So I think for me, the idea of a first choice would be great because you're not instantly putting yourself in someone of a full Nelson uh, in terms of knowing what we can do for the future. Next, of course, talent. You gotta have you gotta have talent, right? I mean, that that's that for me is is almost one of the biggest aspects of your first choice, right? You want to build your brand around a talented player. You want to get a solid guy on uh, on the cards. You want to make sure that someone is in the camp and really kind of working out well. For me, talent. It's a massive deal, right? You want to be a good roster, and then one of the biggest aspects of uh, the ability to improve or the ability to gain an audience is the idea that you're good, right? I mean, you can have talented players, but if you're the worst team in the league, you're not really selling a whole lot. I mean, I'm not a sponsor. I mean, if I was a sponsor, I really wouldn't want to be involved with an organization that doesn't have talented players and that can't be a solid roster. And I know, guys, we're kind of over time right now. We're going to try to end this one out quick. Um... Also, and I see Nick uh, typing in chat saying Looney Restricted Free Agent. We actually did call that out, Nick. I, I saw that instantly on my Twitter feed, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Next thing that I'm looking for, somewhat of a leadership aspect. It'd be nice to get someone who is some sort of a leader in my first choice. It'd be nice if they can maybe direct some troops, if they can, if they know what it's like to kind of be in the trenches. Experience is kind of what I'm more saying alongside the lines instead of leadership. I think experience is going to be key having someone who's already kind of been in this camp prior. So I'm also considering roles, right? Roles have to be a factor. If you're not, if you're not thinking in mind of roles, there could be some issues because if you got all ARs, if you got all SMGs, what's really going to happen with that team, right? Coming into a title like Modern Warfare, of which there's a lot of different things to be decided. I mean, I was playing hardcore the alpha, the 2v2 mode to figure out, you know what, what roles are going to be kind of preferred and don't take the alpha for anything along the lines of like, okay, this has got to be the guy, right? This is going to be the guy. This is going to be the role that we're looking out for. I mean, in the alpha, the MP5, did you see that thing? Did you see the MP7 in the alpha? We got to go for some S. No, it's not It's not going to work out that way because the way that the alpha works is by no means the way that the regular multiplayer is going to work. Now, a few names that could be thrown out there. Uh, in terms of all of these things that I brought up, and this is also off of a few other fantasy drafts that have been out there, guys like Octane, Simp, Dashy, Slasher, TJ Halley, Abizi, Gunless, Dylan, Priest, a formal hook. We could the list could go on. Those are just a few different names that I would personally kind of have in, in my list, right? I mean, those are all very talented players. They kind of fill if if not all, if if not some of those things that I mentioned. Um, and in a perfect world, I'm also looking for, like I said, an easy to work with, fast-paced, in my eyes, SMG player. And the reason why I'm going with SMGs, because we've talked about, and this is just like I said, this is just my opinion. SMG or AR. I'm going to go with an SMG. Now, ARs typically have been kind of deciding on Call of Duty. I don't think there's really a wrong choice here. Uh, and once you get to a, a, a player who is so talented, it's kind of like, I don't care if he's an SMG or AR. Like, just give me the guy, for God's sake. Um, but there is a lot of recoil right now in Modern Warfare. And that is something to somewhat consider. Like I said, don't base a whole lot off the alpha, but it has been known that they want to make this game have a lot of recoil. Well, if that's the case, sometimes SMGs could be very preferred in that situation, right? SMGs are important. The way that we saw 5v5 work at the end of Black Ops 4 was heavily SOG-based. Teams were roaming around with three fast-paced SMGs, one to enter in, one to roam, and then one to obviously slay. If not two slayers, it kind of depends on the team, obviously. So SMGs toward the end of 5v5 were very influential 
and a fast-paced game. Now, will that work the same way for a game like this, of which is supposed to be more slow-paced? I think at least for your first choice, an SMG still makes sense. Now, the, the idea of when you pick SMGs in the future, I think it'd still be somewhat changed around a little bit, but I'm still looking at SMGs to a certain extent. I'm looking at someone like Simp, like a BZ, a TJ Halley, a Dylan, etc. You, you kind of get my, my, my idea here. That would be my first option. Now, depending, I'd also consider getting a talented assault rifle player, right? Just getting a talented player in itself is going to be crucial. Uh, and I think you go for a star first. I think you build around the star. You get someone like I said, who's easy to work with. You have no issues or conflicts. And then you also kind of look toward the ladder. This is where I look toward IGLs. If I already don't have one already, this is when I want to get an IGL in my camp. I don't want to wait to the very end when there's no one left. And I've got a group of guys who just have never worked together, who have no experience, have no history together. And that's one positive with franchising when these managers are making these decisions is that there's a lot of players out there who have chemistry with each other, right? There's a lot of guys who have experience in working with each other. They've won titles, maybe even won world championships with each other in the past. It's nice that you necessarily don't know. It's actually great that you actually have somewhat of an idea to go off of in terms of what players are going to be there. So I'm looking at IGLs, if not in the beginning, also kind of toward the end of things and the kind of the middle rounds, if you will. Uh, except this is just based off of, you know, strictly opinion if everybody was available. Uh, and then you also got to look at young talent, right? Guys like Shotzi, guys like Illy, even a few players that we saw kind of in uh, at CWL Champs as well. Guys like Kleenex, guys like Exceed. I mean, just very, very talented young players who maybe haven't got the opportunity to really kind of display their skills as of yet. You got to be looking out for him because those are the future. There's a reason why Simp was as hyped up as he was. And now he's considered to be, if not the best, one of the best players in the entire world. I'd say he's the best. Just clearing that out there. Just clearing the air really quick. Um, like I, said, I think you'd be silly to not have them on the lineup in, in some capacity as looking toward young players. So to kind of put it in perspective, I'll look through the chat as well really quickly before we end things out uh, very briefly here. But I did ask you guys what who would you kind of be your first choice, who you'd think. Um, what Kaleeb B33 said, Dashy or Simp, God tier players and already have fans. Solid choice. Mike Quick went with Dashy and Simp. Um... Chatbot Sharp said to build a team, I feel Krim would be the perfect block for a solid foundation. Absolutely agree with that one. Uh, Officer Jim Leahy says uh, Slasher is a consistent AR and has a leadership mentality. Fantastic, fantastic choice. Totally agree with that one as well. Uh, Icy said Dashy top player in every con. Uh, <laughs> Junkhead said I would sign Lando for PR having Mr. Rossmini on board is key. I appreciate that. Definitely not a first choice pick, but I do respect it. Um, also see a few octanes in there. I see a few other choices as well. So I kind of like that. And I totally agree with all the choices that I saw in the chat. I think you guys all have a fantastic lineup. And you obviously mentioned one of the players who I would look for as well. I mentioned an SMG. The first guy, if I had the opportunity to approach, would be Sim. A young player, someone who's easy to work with, someone who maybe even hasn't even reached the pinnacle of their career. This is his first season. The guy was a pro for five months and won a few titles. One of those being a Call of Duty championship it's absolutely crazy the run that that guy has been on by far one of the best rookie seasons of all time definitely in comparison with miracles back from black ops 2 in which what he won like four titles one of those being a world championship so you're gonna have to consider what they accomplished in their run but still you kind of get my point right i think i go with sim i really do i think he's an unbelievable talent he's a fast smg he's got great reactions like i said he's just a natural talent and everything he can be a sniper he, well, obviously he could be a sniper right you also look at 
SMG talent. Like, literally, I think that he fits for me all of the roles. I'm also looking at someone like Ibizi. I think he's a fantastic SMG as well. Uh, who kind of was the entry, I think, kind of maybe didn't get as much credit this year as he deserved throughout a lot, uh, just because he was the first one kind of diving in. I think you also look 100% at someone like Dashy. It depends on where he wants to go and if he wants to stick with the OG camp, which seems to be the case. However, I think that whenever you have the opportunity to get any sort of talent like Dashy has, if you get the opportunity, you absolutely take him. It would be crazy to not want to try and go for that guy first. Then you look at dedicated ARs, guys like Octane, even talented Slayer leaders like Slasher as well. There was a big question, could they work together? Uh, and clearly they did. <laughs> they worked very, very well together into the point where both, which were previously known as main ARs, managed to work together. Octane had an incredible year. Slasher, especially kind of toward the end, really started to become a top five player in the world as well. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of guys to consider. Guys like TJ Halley. Then you look at Gunless. Dylan's up there. Priest is very influential. He can do any position. Uh, Hook, which I'm pretty sure is tied down to Dallas, also would be an option. I see uh, Junkhead also mentions Kenny. Kenny was fantastic as well in a slower paced game. A very, very good call as well. Um, and then formal as well. Like I said, a leader, a guy who's previously with the AR. Like I said, there's a number of different things to consider. But I would personally look at Simp for me as the first pick for this time. And I think he, at least at this moment, kind of fills all the gaps. He fills all the roles uh, that I'm looking for, at least as of this moment. That, that's the way that I kind of look at this currently. I look at him as, for me, the main choice. I think he fits all of the... Um, like If I were to go down a checklist, I think he, he pretty much checks all of those off. I think he makes the most sense. And uh, Colin Montgomery is coming in with a great choice as well. He says, Arsity's solid pick, 100%. I don't think there's any wrong answers that I have seen in chat as of yet outside of someone choosing myself, which I think is uh, totally, totally off. But uh, but yeah, I think for me, he fits all the calibers. And it's going to be really interesting to see exactly how these early choices are going to go. Who is going to be decided early on and who's going to be going to which organization Who's going to be announced first, right? Who our organization is looking out first? That is kind of what I wanted to bring up today uh, in terms of who would be my first choice, who would be my first option, would be at least along the same lines that I mentioned as well, who would be a young guy, has a lot of work still to be done, and honestly is easy to work with because a lot of people don't, or rather don't take into consideration, they don't really look at it um, for what it's worth to have a team that, is great chemistry wise and that's the reason why 100 thieves took so much time to develop was because they didn't have any chemistry right all those guys they had chips on their shoulders coming in from champs octane losing it with uh with the dynasty slasher losing and, and getting out early with rise nation a very solid pick kenny and enable they lose early on uh, to the point where they felt as if they had a chip on their shoulder because they finished second. Fortunately, they finished second again. But you get my point, right? They had a lot of issues coming into it. And then when they added in those missing pieces, when they added in Crowder, when they added in Priesta, everything changed. It required one player. It required one coach of which were not necessarily controversial in the same way. So, like I said, it definitely kind of throws a few interesting things kind of into the limelight of stuff. But uh, I can't wait to see how these announcements begin to go. But that's going to kind of do it for our episode today. I want to give a huge thank you to everybody who tuned in for this episode of The Reload. It was great uh, talking to you guys. It was great interacting as well. I think we uh, we hit some interesting territory today. Right, We talked about 100 Thieves. We talked about where OG could be going. And we also talked about the ideal pick. Uh, like I said, since the uh, uh, the window uh, is currently open in terms of free agency, the opening signing, or rather the open signing window is now available. But uh, I want to give a huge thank you to everybody who tuned in for today. If you have not done so already, make sure to check out us 
on iTunes. And if you're looking for that link, feel free to check us out on Twitter at prediction with two E's. Feel free to follow myself on Twitter at Lando. We will be displaying those links. So if you missed any portions of the episode, if you said, Hey, I didn't hear the OG segment. I didn't hear the Hunter T segment. I didn't hear all of the player uh, you know, kind of talks at the end. This will be available on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube as well. So make sure to stay tuned for all those links as we will be having those available. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. It was a, a phenomenal episode, probably one of the best ones that we have done as of yet. A lot of interesting subjects still to come uh, in the worlds of Call of Duty. But uh, this is Landon Lando Sanders signing off and saying thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Reload 10 Episodes Deep. And boy, is it getting better than ever. That's for sure. A lot more interesting stuff to talk about, a lot more interesting things to cover. But uh, I will see you guys next time here on The Reload. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com